What's up, everybody? Welcome to Talk It Out Podcast. This is your girl, Gabby. And Joy. And we're back with another episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening to our last one entitled You Are a Part of the Problem. Make sure you hit us up on social media, facebook.com slash talkitoutpodcast, instagram.com slash talkitoutpodcast, and twitter.com slash talkitout underscore pod. You can hashtag talkitoutpod for a retweet. And we will love you very much. This episode is brought to you by CBD Pure. Get you some CBD oil. It'll help you with your anxiety and whatever you got going on. Go click the link in our description box to learn more about it. Today, we have a very special guest um, coming to talk to us. Um, We're doing a part two episode of our episode entitled, Does Religion Make Mental Illness Worse? We've got Mike here from Faith Uncut. Everybody give it up to Mike. Give it up for Mike. Thank you for having me. Yeah. It's good to be here. I'm glad you had me on. Thank you. Yeah, no Uh, problem. um, Enjoyed the first episode, and uh, and I'm happy to be here for this one. Awesome! Can you tell everybody a little bit about uh, your podcast and where they can find you and listen to you? Okay, well, my podcast is Faith Uncut. Um, you can find us at faithuncut.com or anywhere where you get your podcast. We talk about things that you will probably not be able to talk about in church, and that's kind of what we started with the podcast. We were like, "Yo, we we're trying to find ways to have some of these tough conversations," and there was no platform for it, so we just decided to sit in front of some microphones and do it. It's me and a host, Amira, and we try to do a good job bringing you some of the tougher issues and how they met. Uh, mix with culture and and just talk through some 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 stuff like like what we're talking through today. So if you want to check us out, check us out at faithuncut.com. Awesome. Where are you from? I'm from Maryland, right outside Washington D.C. Okay, I noticed an accent. Yeah, it's something like yeah, it's a DMV. Yeah. <laughs> an accent. <laughs> you only have an accent if you're not where you exactly. From, right? I know. That's right. Right. Exactly. I love the the way people speak. I just love it. So I always have to, you know, point it out. Yeah, I'm the same way. I try to pick pinpoint <laughs> accents based on what I hear. But yeah, DMV accent, that's what it is. All right, DMV in the house. Thank you, Mike, again for coming on. Um, We're going to get right into this conversation. So uh, two weeks ago, we had an episode entitled, Does Religion Make Mental Illness? worse or can religion make mental illness worse and um it got a lot of response from people a lot of people had um a lot of things to say about it and um i felt that we needed to dig a little bit more into it it was kind of like a surface level type discussion um so that's what we're going to do today so mike i will just pitch that entire just loaded question to you and then uh We'll kind of get your your feel of it, and then we'll just have a discussion around just everything. So, so what do you think? Do you think religion, I guess specifically Christianity, because that's what a lot of us are more familiar with, do you think that um, it could possibly make a mental illness worse in people that are struggling with it? Yeah, so the answer is is complicated based on what you're talking about is Christianity. So um, we're aware that there's different sects and denominations within Christianity, and mm-hmm. some have different um, teachings based on their theology. So for instance, um, a word of faith or, or a prosperity ministry may have a different take than 
an Episcopalian or a Baptist ministry or mm-hmm. things like that. So um, there are times when the religion can be harmful um, or not supportive of someone with mental health. And that is a lot based on how they interpret things in the Bible and also just what they what they have on hand in terms of resources and how they understand mental health, which is this this is a thing that a lot a lot of churches just don't deal with um, consistently. And so if they don't have the personnel or the staff in place, it's, it's difficult for them to address some of the mental issues that we're seeing. And then based on their teaching, they will make things worse. So what I mean by that is, let's say um, you have a teaching that's saying um, your faith is kind of what propels you towards success. And mm-hmm. um, if you're having an issue, it's either because of something you did wrong or you don't have enough faith. Right. Now, for someone um, suffering with a mental health issue at that at that time, neither of those things would have an impact, a positive impact on their situation, because it's not just a matter of faith or some sin that they committed. They're actually having something physiologically um, that they're they're dealing with and they need to account for. And so in that case, religion would not help you. It would actually potentially do some more harm in Mm -hmm. in that situation. Okay. Um, So that is something I I was thinking about. I don't know, because just in the church in general, not even with mental illness, if it's just with problems in general, like if somebody's saying, um, I can't find a job or I'm having money issues or I'm feeling low in my faith or I'm dealing with this quote unquote sin that I that just I can't it won't go away. Then one of the first things people ask is. Have you prayed? Uh, have you read your Bible? Are you spending time with God? Mm-hmm. Somebody can say, yes, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. And then it just goes to, well, you need to have more faith. Or you need to. It kind of always goes back on the person. Um, and so yeah. I can see how that can. If somebody is, they, you know, they're trying their best to live right, but they're really just struggling. How that can just, if somebody was already dealing with like depression or something like that, you telling them, oh, well, it's, it's all on you. you. You just don't have enough faith or whatever. That could send somebody like to the deep end. Yeah, it makes it worse. So it yeah. exasperates an already bad situation. So let's say you're having, like you said, um, Gabby, the, the struggles that you're having, people are telling you, they're giving you that thoughts and prayer line. Mm-hmm. Like, just pray about it. And uh, we'll keep you in our thoughts and prayers, which is absolutely nothing. That's of no benefit. But someone who's struggling from a socioeconomic background or, or perspective, meaning they just can't get a job. The jobs aren't available. There isn't things, programs in their area for them to do anything about to help themselves. To pray, to, to offer that person more prayer is going to depress them further because the prayer is not going to work. The prayer is going to, um, once they do it, they're going to feel like maybe they didn't do it right or maybe right. they're not righteous enough. And that's going to take whatever they're dealing with and add on another layer of guilt or shame associated with something that was just poor theology that was given to them. That was some bad advice. Yeah, That's not going to help you. So we have to deal with um, mental health holistically. So there's um, resources that we can do, but I just want to make sure people understand that the Bible was never intended to be Uh, a science textbook. And what I mean by that is like, if you read Genesis, 
and you read the the account of how creation happened, you can't say that that's what happened. That's not a literal telling. That's not the point of that book. Right, um, right. It's also not meant to be a mental health manual. So mm-hmm. when you read about things like um, demon possession and things like that, you got to understand that they didn't have the language that we have now. They didn't they didn't understand some of the things that they were looking at. So um, if you were look if you were to look at someone, let's say who was um, dealing with a multiple personality disorder or uh, bipolar disorder, it could look like if you didn't know better that maybe they were possessed by something. And that's right. kind of what I'm looking at when I look at some of these scriptures about how they're interpreting the actions of someone else. I'm like, that looks just like, that sounds just like someone with mental, with a mental health issue. Right. Um, but we're calling it demon possession. And that's happened all the way through the 20th century mm-hmm. um, with witches and things like that, like the Salem witch trials. All of that was something else. Like people, people thought they were witches. And so we do, and you know, there are witches. I'm not going to discount, like some people do identify with a uh, Wiccan religion and things like that. But what they were doing in the Salem witch trials was something else, like right, um, right. Um, dealing with witchcraft and things like that. So um, just just understand that demotion has, has always been something that people use to call mental health issues. And it was just because of a lack of understanding. And so we have to understand when we read the Bible, we have to know, read it with the understanding that we have now of certain things so that we don't mess up and, and do some harm to someone else. Is it kind of like the um, Catholic when they were doing those uh, exorcisms? Because I know one of my friend, uh, Katie, she's um, Catholic and she was little and her older brother, he has a uh, I don't know what it is, but he has mental illness mm-hmm. and they tried to uh, uh, do an exorcism on him because they didn't know he had a mental illness then. And that was the first thing they thought of was to go to the, to the, I don't know what they call it, preacher but go to the uh, preacher pastor and have him or someone else perform an exorcism on him. And that, that scarred her more than it did the uh, brother and he's now gotten the help he needs, uh, the mental help he needs. But that's ridiculous to me. So she doesn't even go to church anymore. Like when she got old enough to make her own decisions, she stopped going. Wow. Yeah, that's that's sad. That I mean, so it fits it fits the doctrine of the Catholic Church. And keep in mind, the Catholic Church is um, pretty regimented about what it believes and what the responses are to certain things. Um, so. When and then also exorcism is a, is a service that's provided. So mm-hmm. you got to think about all of these things as as you're looking at how people handle um, mental health and and if they're looking to do an exorcism or something like that. I would want to first know, you know, have we done the 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 due diligence to actually diagnose this person? Like, to have we gotten them the help that they needed? Um, have we talk, Have we had them talk to a therapist or, or someone like that? Like, you don't want to just, just go to something like an, an exorcism. That's, I can see why that's traumatic. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, they just thought that he was like a bad kid or a quote unquote bad kid. And then he used to talk to himself a lot. And I mean, I talk to myself. So if we're doing that, then I'm crazy too. Uh, but he used to talk to himself and uh, see things that wasn't there. 
And they they just thought that if some spirit was inside of him, I mean, and they've like as parents, you would never know that they would have done that to their child because now they're so progressive and they they don't even like attend the church anymore. But I'm thinking to myself, that's what you did. It was your choice to exercise your child. So I don't know. Yeah, so that's that's on the Catholic side. On the Protestant side, um, there was a study done by a really conservative um, Christian group, and I don't agree with a lot of their theology. Um, but the study showed that about three and four, four pastors so knew that they had someone diagnosed with clinical depression. That these are these are conservative pastors. Mm-hmm. If they're seeing these type of numbers, chances are that people are having mental health challenges that we need to address um, just in culture, in church or whatever. And we also have to ask ourselves, do we trust our church, our churches to deal with the mental health issues? Yeah. I mean, because if you think about it, look at the damage that churches have done with sex, sex, uh, in terms of teaching sex and, and purity culture and things like that. Right. Church is not, they're not a good advocate for sex and sexual education um just like we wouldn't expect them to be i don't think that that should be our first stop uh i do have a mental illness diagnosed and also um i'm not christian i'm atheist so my question is if you if you know your community or you know like your religion is is doing these things and playing into these type of things why continue to like be in that religion. Maybe that's a little controversial. Like I know that's probably like a, a super like ooh, ooh question, but like why would you continue to to play into that or why would you continue to be within that community period if you know that those are the type of things that are happening? Well, I think personally because like you say um of the last episode, you said that I was very progressive. I think that Yes, people in my religion do tend to play a part that I might not necessarily like. But, you know, let's take a different approach. It's my my job to then educate them, I think, because somebody's doing wrong and you don't correct it, then you're part of the problem. Because even if I then step away from the church and they're still continuing to do that, because I think personally, they don't know another way. And if they never know another way because everybody's judging them or everybody's uh, like banished them from their lives that could have taught them something, then they'll never know and they'll keep doing the same thing. Hmm. So you think that, I'm sorry, I hate that rhetoric. I hate that. I hate that we have this thought that Oh, well, they're just dumb. And so we should just go out there and educate them on the issue. And it's my place to do that. I I feel like everyone has the, the place or the opportunity at this point in the world that we live in to go on to Google and search for information. Now, does that mean that that information is going to be right? Maybe not, but I feel like it's not anyone else's place, but they're To Google because you want an answer. If I already think I have the answer, there's no point in Googling because I'm trusting in what I already didn't know. Even like the black church, and a lot of times, I guess because we're black and we're not voting Republican, sometimes we think we're more progressive than we are, but really real traditional and conservative in our views. Like them you telling them something as simple as 
or not simple or maybe just saying, well, I don't think the Bible should be taken literally. Like the 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 earth was not made in six 24-hour days. What? So you telling them that the demons and stuff that they think that are they're talking about in the Bible were probably just people with mental health. Oh, no, because it says the de- So these people, they've been taught a certain way all their lives. They've been taught that the Bible is 100% fact. It has to be read literally. You can use the Bible to prove science. You can use, they've been taught this stuff. So me leaving or somebody that's progressive leaving, that, that, that type of progressive talk is never going to get in there any other way. And I wish personally, like, because, you know, we got Danielle from Unfit. We got Faith Uncut and everybody. I wish there was people like that in my church when I was growing up because I was brought up in that real traditional conservative view. And I feel like if somebody would have been there for me, maybe I wouldn't I maybe I would have gone another route. Not that I'm doing something bad or nothing, but maybe I wouldn't be just so like kind of turned off by Christianity at this point. I think it is. You don't have to do it, but just for the younger babies and maybe saving some of the older folks, there's got to be some people there that are pushing for change and, and, and trying to get people to rethink the way they view the Bible, just for just society's sake as a whole. I left um, church for a couple years, and this actually started when I started the podcast because I knew I had to, I had to step away. It wasn't healthy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the only reason I decided to come back was because the community of the church matters for a lot of things. Now, I know I don't fit in any church. In terms of what I believe, there's no church for me. Um, but there is a community of people that can do good things for the community or the surrounding area. Now, in terms of mental health, the question is, is why would you stay there? I understand that the church is not good at this type of thing. But um, like you said, someone needs – churches – change over time now like if you look at the catholic church and what they did and then and then in 15 17 was the protestant reformation like someone was in the church to do that and then um you know you see different points throughout history where church where church uh churches move in terms of their theology what they think like right now the church is inhospitable for a lot of people for black women for LGBTQ people in that community, for like it's really bad, and and so um, like right now I'm a part of an effort for a church to kind of restructure what they're doing, and um, like I gotta I gotta be there for stuff like that. I gotta show up so that um, these voices who who would never never be considered are considered um, as we're starting to to format like how we're actually going to program and go forward. So yeah, it's it's tough and and it's not for everybody. And if your church is doing something that's unhealthy for you, yes, you may need to leave. That's okay. Um, but if you're able to, um, you can be an influence. You don't have to. You don't have to fix the whole thing because the church is not supposed to be everything for everyone. It can't be. It doesn't have the resources to do that. But we, the churches can be more of an affirming and healing space for people who really need it. And in order to get there. Somebody has to fight that fight. Okay, I can I can definitely see where y'all are coming from on that. I I agree uh, with what you said, Mike, in regards to community wise. Um, 
as far as the community goes, even for me, even though I am an atheist, I still go to church with Gabby uh, a lot of Sundays. And the community-wise, for me, is just something that no one else, I feel like, has in regards to church. The community is just wonderful. The The love and everything that's provided in places like that are great. I always feel like it's a good intention, so to speak, um, even though I know that it, it's not always the best way to go or the best, best route. I know that there are going to be good intentions in it. But uh, I guess... I guess my my question next then is it just kind of as like a little segue. What do you guys feel about the thought uh, when when they tell us when people tell us that oh they're just gonna pray the mental health away they're gonna pray the gay away they're gonna pray the the such and such away and it and you know we we get into this uh this thought that if we just pray and pray and pray then eventually these things are gonna go away. What 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 is y'all's thoughts on that? Oh, that's bullshit. I don't agree with that at all. <laughs> like, yeah, ain't you, you, you can't, you can't pray away something that is like a part of that person. Like that would be, for I don't know. People, people are are really uh, ignorant in how they think about things. They're ignorant. In, so think it. So. The way church goes, like you really only get a subset of things read to you in churches. So you could go to church for years and hear rotation of scriptures and sermons and things like that. Mm -hmm. And like in churches like uh, the Episcopal Church, they have uh, a lectory where they read, they have their services planned out or their messages planned out for three years. And it just repeats and they stay away from a bunch of other things in the Bible. So, for instance, you'll preach, you'll hear a message preached about um, David and Goliath or David and Bathsheba and what happened, um, with her, um, with him watching her bathe and then having her husband killed after he got her pregnant. And then like, you'll hear all of that. And as bad as that is, um, you won't hear about David and his relationship with Jonathan and how intimate that relationship was and how, um, that looked like a obviously queer relationship between the two of them, but -hmm. that's not the sermon that you're going to hear. And so, um, that takes some education. Like you don't really get that unless you're looking for it. Um, and then you have to have someone to ask about it. Like you have to say, well, well, I'm looking at this scripture here. What is this? Why, why haven't we talked about this or what does this mean? And then instead of someone saying, well, just ask God what God says about like, that's not, (laughs) you got to have someone there that's going to be able to speak to, some of this stuff and that's education. So like, um, you're asking, what do I think about that? Yeah. You, you gotta learn more. You gotta stretch yourself and be willing to look at some of the stuff. You can't pray away. Um, what somebody like how somebody is like, I, like, I like big butts and I cannot lie. I can't pray that away. Like that's not going <laughs> there's, there's nothing that's going to be able to make me like something else or start lying. Like it just doesn't work that way. So you got to you got to be able to do that for everyone else. And then once you once you understand that, then you can start to love people the way that we're called to love them. I also think, first of all, now the song is in my head and I really got to get it out. Oh, my God. Like it's like the Charlie's Angels. Uh, you remember that? Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it in my head. But uh, no. So I think that praying away is mostly like an acceptance thing 
like we as a people, we like to we like people who look like us to think like us or have something in common with us. And when we find somebody who doesn't have anything in common with us, instead of, you know, learning about them. And even if you don't uh, like necessarily what they stand for or what they're, what they're doing with their lives. And first of all, that's not up to you. Just accept, uh, you have to accept that person for who they are. And as a Christian people, we are supposed to love everybody. So I don't really get why it's that hard to accept people for who they are. Yeah. That's just, you know, when people say, um, she's so stupid or he's so, he just keep going to jail. He just keep going back. We just got to pray that away. Well, how about, uh, you you tell you get him in some therapy if he's willing to go. How about mm. you get him um um instead of just looking at him you you uh, and going constantly going to jail because obviously he's not doing anything with his life. Give him a job. Give him some responsibility. Some some hold him accountable for something because people who don't have accountability, yeah, maybe they end back up back in jail. But you, us as a community, I've noticed we just sit back and we watch Mm -hmm. and we judge other people instead of, you know, coming to them with a solution and say, hey, I've noticed this. And if you would like, I could get this for you. Now, sometimes they're not receptive and that's fine. But all you can do is what you can do at that moment. And I think we as a people have to accept more more people who are not like us, even though we might not agree with their life choices. I don't agree that my uncle goes to jail all the time, but he's my family. I love him. You know, he's cool. If he needs something from me, okay, that if within reason, okay. I'm not going to, you know, completely X him out because you went to jail. Or because you live a lifestyle that I don't agree with, or because you um walking around, you know, mm-hmm. cursing, talking about flip jacks and boats and all of that. Yeah, I agree. I think actually this this whole pray it away nonsense is a, it's it's a multi level. Like some of it is is laziness. Some of it's ignorance, and then some of it is, like, that's the only power that you have. So in a lot of instances, like we were talking about socioeconomic, like, we know that social mobility at this point is, like, it's not going to be a middle class for long. So a lot of people are struggling, and a lot of people, it's a hard time making ends meet. And in a moment like that where you feel powerless, you go to your church because that's where you go for comfort. And they either going to be lazy and just be like, pray, pray about it, or they're going to help you. Or sometimes they literally cannot help you. They have no resources. They have no answers. So it's just like, well, pray about it. Give it to God. You know, and I think that's become such a big thing. I don't I've, I've been to the white churches and I've been engulfed in that. They do talk about prayer a lot, but a lot of that stuff is also based on action, too. They, they'll pray about it, but they also have the resources to do stuff about it. And I feel like for us, because we lack power, like just political power, a lot of times when it comes to issues like that, the only thing we can do is pray. And so that's become 
a a safety net or just some type of comfort for for people because when you don't have nothing that's all you got but again it's it's also a laziness thing and it's an ignorance thing like you said you can't pray away stuff that's innate that's not wrong that's just biology and it's just the way it is you cannot pray away a mental illness you can't pray away depression you can maybe use prayer to help you feel better but you praying is not going to mess up mess with the chemicals in your mind and then you're never going to be depressed anymore that's not the way it works Praying it away, praying is not going to take away your attraction to whatever you attracted to. It's not going to, like, it's just not going to happen. So, yeah, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. A lot of times it's not necessarily meant uh, in a harmful way, but it does end up being harmful when people pray and then nothing happens. So, yeah, it's it's just the way it is. Now, we did a show, I can't remember, it was a while ago, but we, we talked about a study that they did on prayer and and the effects of prayer. And really, the results of the study show that prayer was like 50-50 in terms of effectiveness. Now, that is that is showing that what was prayed for actually happened. Mm-hmm. So the, the percentage was 54%. Not really that that great. But we have to think of prayer as what it can do emotionally. Like, right. so it may make you feel better, but because we're, because some churches are conditioned certain ways, there are other things that could also do that. Like meditation. Um, you, there, there are options for us. Uh, there was a the, uh, theologian, James Cone, who talked about the pillars of the black community. And this was going through um, post um, post civil war, uh, post Jim Crow or mm-hmm. just Jim Crow. And, and after that, and he was saying the two pillars of the black community was the church and the juke joint. Those were the places where you could go and be yourself and have some measure of authority um, and, and kind of agency in terms of that own that space without um, any any other people in there. It was just black people doing black people stuff. Right. Right. Now, that's still true. The church is a pillar of the black community, but it's not the only one. I mean, you got you, you have other places you have um you know clubs you have organizations like the divine nine like you have other mm-hmm. things that that can supplement and and just keep in mind just like you're you wouldn't expect the club to be everything to you you won't expect the church to be everything to you but you go to get what you need during that time um you don't go get things that you never expect to get there like i don't go to the club and expect to get my bills paid it right. doesn't work that way. Right. And that's an unfair expectation of me, of them. And so likewise in the church, if you're having a mental health issue, that's not your therapist. That's not the person that you go to that has the, the, the education and the credentials to actually help you. You need to go where they're going to help you, which is uh, counseling therapy, things like that. Um, so yeah, praying away is not gonna is not gonna do anything, and and uh, and uh, and if if anything, I mean, it can help you, but you want to say pray and you want right. to pray for me, and what else are you gonna do for me? Because that is, eh, <laughs> I don't. That's like you said, lazy. Um, you may not even want to help me at all, and that's why you just saying pray. So right, don't even waste prayers, my time right. That. <laughs> right, right, just pray and that, and that's kind of the approach that I do. Okay, I'm gonna pray for you, and what else am I gonna do? Right. Um. So, do you, do you have something you want to say, KT? No, I think you guys basically hit it on the head. Um, so this kind of went into because we talked about last episode 
um, how some Christian people, some pastors and singers were posting this video of R. Kelly getting prayed for like 10 years ago. Um, and how a lot of times the church kind of shields and protects abusers, especially if they're abusing women, but also boys. We know that the Catholic church. Um, but also, uh, I want to talk about because, um, recently, I don't know when this thing came out. I'm not really following him, but, um, this, uh, notable pastor, John Gray, it came out that he has been cheating on his wife and he's also dealing with, um, he said, um, suicide ideation and stuff like that. Um, I wanted to talk about a little bit, uh, when it comes to, maybe pastors or just men in general in the church, how a lot of times their faults or their adultery or their cheating or whatever gets blamed on the devil. And that kind of, as long as they blame it on the devil and say the devil or the, the Jezebel, then it's all good. Like after this, he got he got prayed for. T.D. Jakes laid hands on him. It's pretty much smooth sailing at this point. So I want to talk about that a little bit, and then we can get into how a lot of times, like, there's no concern for the woman. Like, how does the woman feel? Like, let's make sure she even wants to stay with the man. Like, let's make sure he's not being abused. Like, let's talk about that first, though. How a lot of times men. Or just anybody, but mainly men that are in leadership positions, are able to cheat and whatever. <laughs> and as long as they blame it on the devil, it's all good. And, you know, just forget about it. Sweep it under the rug. <laughs> okay, so it's not the devil. That's not, <laughs> that's not what happened. Um, so you, you got to understand that the church is one of the untouched areas uh, of white supremacy white supremacy the black church is and so men have gotten into power positions in the black church and are very reluctant to to relinquish that power mm-hmm. and so they will protect um to to the detriment of other members to include black women and the children and their pews and things like that and so uh, we as as men have a long way to go in terms of um fixing what it is that that um is contributing to this we actually this is funny because this is our episode this week on uh the faith on cup podcast we're talking about um like how we arrived at this and what that does for black women like how that hurts how that hurts uh black women mm-hmm. um and 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 this goes all the way back to, to slavery and some of the expectations that was put that were put on black women and how those are still in play today but really it's it's Men are, unfortunately, I see, um, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. <laughs> okay, Trash so it, Trash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll say it for you. So, so there's, the goal of the oppressed is not to become the oppressor. And I think we have a problem looking at it, like in terms of the people who are in leadership, like they're trying to get what they've seen right. um, other people do. And and that's not what it should be. The goal should be to level the field so that there isn't any hierarchy or anything like that. Right. We, if you if you go back to um, post-slavery, um, women raising um, children, 
Um, if you look through the crack cocaine epidemic where men were not in the community, women were raising those children, women are uh, more educated than well, black women are more educated than black men um, in terms of higher level, higher level degrees. Um, women are equipped to lead and we need to actually make sure that we're empowering women and stepping aside so that that can happen. Um, and the goal is that they won't be, they won't, well, women won't become the oppressor, but you want them to be. To, to be in position because you know that anyone who's been oppressed should see it differently and not want anyone else to be in that position. They wouldn't protect. They would make sure that um, people are protected. Um, in terms of John Gray, that actually happened here. That was down the street from me. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, they had a they have this revival every year at the end of the year, and, and he and Jakes were there. Um, John Gray needs to sit down. Like, I mean, it's it's beyond, yeah, it's beyond that 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 time for him to take a seat. But he can't because he's six months into a new church and he's oh. not going to stop. His his star is 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 taking off, and no matter what he does, he's going to keep opening his mouth and doing more harm, um, telling people they need to have the spirit of of girlfriend instead of spirit of wife. Look, you can't listen to. <laughs> it's tough. I see people wrapped up in that, and you already know. Even if you just take a break for him from him for a while, like that's worth your time. Just just don't even look, don't even give him the attention right. because he's working through some things and he doesn't need to do that in public. But I don't think he's going to stop doing it in public. Right. You know what's interesting? I remember when he first like came out like on the scene, on the scene, like on TBN and stuff like maybe like 10 years ago. Um, mm -hmm. He was like he was kind of like the funny guy, the comedian guy. But something he was always talking about is how he was saving himself from marriage because, you know, God told him to or whatever. And how he was a virgin or whatever. And, uh, you know, everybody thought that was cool. That's cool if that's something you want to do. But now I'm thinking, like, dang, like, you did, you saved yourself from marriage for your, for your wife. And then you get married and you cheat. Like, was it worth it? Like, but like <laughs> to me, like, that's another conversation, purity culture and, like, this whole saving yourself for marriage thing. But it, that was just really interesting to me. Like, maybe wow. you shouldn't have done that. Right. Maybe I mean, he's maybe. a pet, you know. I mean, just it, maybe. You I don't done know. Maybe. It's interesting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do you think, Joy, about blaming the devil uh, for your faults? I think, I don't think it's just a people, a men empowered thing. I think it's a cheater's thing, you know? you're looking for a scapegoat, especially if you know that the people of your audience is are religious, then you blame it on the, the scapegoat that they can understand. And sometimes it's easier for the person themselves to say, well, the devil is the reason why I do this. Let me buckle down in my faith. Then rather than to say, hey, it's me. I am the reason why I did this. So sometimes it's like a form of denial and other times it's just used as a scapegoat. And I think that it's not just people in the church or people in authority. I think it's anyone, as far as adultery speaking, uh, anybody who's a cheater, anybody, because uh, if you're a cheater and you don't believe in God you're going to blame the girl or uh, the circumstances or you believe in a spirit, just not God. Well, the spirit made me do it. The universe <laughs> is telling me to do it. I heard that. Somebody actually told me that one day. The universe just led me to you, even though I know I got a good thing. 
I just wow. you take up my mind, girl. I'm just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't understand that. So I just said, well, the universe is leading me away from you. And I left it alone. <laughs> Goals. But I've heard that. And he did not believe in God, but, he, you know. He just needed an excuse. It just. Exactly. He just needed an excuse. And those types of things, you just have to take it for what it is. You can't blame it on a religion or a person or say that all people in this religion use this. A cheetah is a cheetah is a cheetah who's going to use a scapegoat for anything. My opinion. All right. And now, you got something you want to say before? Mm. Huh. Mm. Wow. Um. Yeah, I wasn't saying like that's just what everybody does, but it's it's something that I do see, no matter who it is. You know, there's been countless of pastors that's cheated on their wives and done something dirty, and all they have to do is come up there and say, I did it wrong, and the devil made me do it, and it's pretty much all forgiven. I just I just think that's something like uh, Mike said. It definitely has to do with a, a power structure, and, like, it's when it comes to gender, like, it's it's a lot about power and keeping those same people in power. And a lot of times the church has become like it's a corporation at this point. Like there's so many levels of bureaucracy. It's kind of scary. But yeah, they'll 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 do whatever they got to do to stay in power because. Oh, I can you know. say. I just go ahead. Yeah, just one more thing. So I can say that when we were just going to the church we're at now, um, like we're actually thinking about you know, moving to a different church just to get some more scenery. But the, when we first got to this church, I will never forget. Um, we came in late. I don't know why, but we're usually late. Uh, this is not a Black people thing. It's just a, our family thing. And we came late. We came and we saw three or four police cars at our church because our pastor had cheated on his wife. The church found out about it, told him you're not an example to the, uh, to uh, Christ because he was, he was blaming it on, instead of taking ownership, he was blaming it on the devil and mm. saying, you know, he got tempted, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, his wife was crazy. And that's the mm. only reason why he did it, you know, instead of trying to get her help or whatever. Bottom line is, he would. He refused to leave the church, so they had to call the police. Then um, uh, his followers jumped out of the seat um, and started, you know, demanding that they keep him here. And so we lost half our congregation that day. Oh my gosh, the wow. drama! That is some juicy gossip that you well, never. I know. My God, I never forgot that. Like. Well, I mean, I guess I forgot it now, but it seems like it's just like, you know. <laughs> that's rare, but that's in that. Woo, girl. I wish I would have been there. Yeah. That would have been a sight. <laughs> I, you know, I was so upset because we, you know, how you want to see when something happens. You always miss the good stuff. Right. That's me. So I was just, my my family was in the, um the church my mom was was inside and they were escorting him out and so she saw some of it but I was just lazing around getting out the car taking my time next thing I know I see the police cars driving away and so I had to get the story from somebody else so I I, I, that's I I would have loved to have been there that Sunday (laughs) 
But I did want to point out that um, churches uh, operate like industries, like anything else. And when I see Bishop Jakes and John Gray at the same revival week and someone's going to pray for him, like they're friends. And I'm not going to expect Jakes to to come out and just once once Gray said it publicly, um, Jakes is going to do what a friend does. And and this is Mm. I'm, I'm not excusing it. I'm just trying to put it in context. The same reason we didn't see anyone but John Legend in that R. Kelly docuseries, because people in his industry were reluctant to speak out. Yes, that's a problem. And yes, that happens in a lot of spaces. Um, it's not the devil. It's something else. But I do agree with you, Joy. Like they, It will be blamed on something other than themselves. And no matter what, we all have to take ownership of our own actions. And so if, if the action is cheating, then John Gray should own that. That's not the devil or whoever. It's not the devil. It's, it's you. Your, it was your decision to make. Why did you make that decision? You know, it, is there anything that could be done after that? Like those are right. things that we have to deal with as human beings. But no, it's not. The, it's not the devil doing it. Because the devil, in that case of that pastor, if the devil told that dude to cheat, the devil ain't come up and protect him from the police. Like I mean, like right, right, it wasn't right, the devil. Right. So, so we just have to be honest about what we do and and own our own actions. And even if you wanted to come at it from a a, a religious point of view, if you're going to blame, so the devil gives you an obstacle that you need to uh, get through and your faith in God is supposed to be the reason why you get, get through it or not. So you're saying you didn't have any faith in God. I mean, you, he won't say I didn't have enough faith in myself or in God to, um, just uh to ignore to ignore my uh wants and my quotes fleshly needs. He won't say that, or he won't say that I could have gone and gotten some uh talk to a therapist about why I wanted to cheat in the first place. He didn't. He 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 won't say that, but he'll say it's the devil's fault because if you are thinking about it from a religious point of view, the devil's job is to tempt you. And your job is to have enough faith and study in God to climb over the hurdles that the devil gives you. Mm. Okay. That's one way to look at it. Yeah. Uh, you know, for people who are talking about a religious point of view. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's definitely just become just a big... Either way, it resolves anybody a personal responsibility. Um of their own actions, so it's... Truly, that's It's it. trash. Like, I agree. All right, so the last thing I want to talk about, because I brought it up in the last episode, but nobody, we didn't really have a time to just talk about it. But I do want to talk about how it seems like... maybe I don't know all the history of the church, but I know in the early church, there was a lot of per- persecution and stuff going on of Christian. And then, you know, when who's the guy, Constantine or whoever started, you know, making folks convert to Christianity, then, you know, it wasn't as much oppression for them. But then they got more, you know, but now in America at this point, in 2019, some people still think we're living in 5 AD, where you could get thrown in jail in America. Beat, killed, everything, 
just for being a Christian. And for a lot of people, mainly white conservatives, there's a lot of paranoia and anxiety about change. Any little uh, glimpse of change is going to make them have a heart attack. Why do you think that at this point, in the 21st century, the church, the conservative, mainly white evangelical, but some black people too, some black churches as well, hold on to this view that the church is under attack and putting their congregation throughout through all this stress and making them think that this is true. I'll go first on this one because I haven't talked in a minute, but I think it has to do with fear. Um, I think the, the church uh, plays into that fear uh that oh if we don't do this if we don't do that then the church is going to be gone everybody's going to be uh thrown to the devil and it, the church is gone then all this is going to happen and the world's going to come to an end and blah 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 like i feel like it, it's got to do with fear that's what church plays into they play into your fears in regards to society and things like that so there, there could be, there's no other reasoning behind it, I don't feel like, other than because people are afraid or the church has put that fear into those people's thoughts. Why would they put, why do they need to put fear in people, you think? Why do they need to put fear in, fear in people to keep people at church? Well, all right, who else? <laughs> yeah, funny. <laughs> Joy, you want to next or you want me to take it? You go first. Okay, so um <laughs> uh I'm trying to think of where where I'm jumping in on this one. Like why are they okay, basically they want to be persecuted so badly. That's that's what it is. So yeah. um especially for people who have not been persecuted, this is a big thing. Yeah. Um if you think of a lot of white evangelical Christians in America. Um, work really hard to cast themselves in the position of Bible Israel, the nation of Israel mm-hmm. in the Bible. The nation of Israel in the Bible was slaves. That that is not a one to one correlation here with with uh, white American Christians. Like that, the posi- what they came from looks more like what Black Americans came from in right. terms of Israel than white American Christians. But also. It deals with their eschatology or their view of the end times, meaning when they believe that God is coming back for his for God's people and the people is Israel and everyone that's aligned with the children of Israel. And so their eschatology says um, there will be persecution during those times and they want to believe themselves to be on the right side of that, which means they should be persecuted. So at any moment, they're looking to see when that persecution starts because it signals the end in in the time when they're closer to heaven, closer to God returning. And they just want to make sure that they're there mm-hmm. and they're excited for it. And so they're looking for persecution everywhere. That makes sense. Wow. Yep, that does make Now, the, the, the trick is, like, you have to believe that it's going to be that way. Not all Christians believe that that's the order of events or that's even how that's going to go. But right. for evangelicals, they believe in, in a rapture. Now, when that rapture occurs, they differ on. But Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back for, for his people. And we just want to make sure that they... 
with what happened so that they can be in heaven after that. And uh, it's, it's a problem because um, <laughs> there are other views. And, right. <laughs> and, and, and also it keeps them from seeing how some of their actions actually are oppressing other people. So right. a lot of the things that they're trying to do through policy and things like that, they're actually creating an oppressed class and they don't and they they don't see that they don't see that error and i don't and and it's going to take a lot of people um speaking up against that before that happens and so that's one of the things that we're all doing it, you know what's really interesting because we got this radio station i don't know if y'all i don't know if it's national i don't know where them folks is from but it's like a black conservative gospel radio station like they play gospel music to hook folks in but then when you go and listen to it, it's a black conservative radio deal. And all they talk about is what the gay folks doing, what the liberals doing, what these folks doing. The Christianity is under attack. Go to your congressman. And it, I was trying to figure out because I understood white people. Like they just need something to they, they just want to be a victim at this point. Like, they just want to be oppressed. But I couldn't understand why black folks would be so invested into this fake oppression type deal. But you now it makes sense because it just plays into their, okay, God's coming back, yada, yada, yada. Um, but that is, that is pretty interesting. Either way, it's, it's still terrible because... Like you can, we look at it and it's like, oh, okay, these folks are funny, they're silly, whatever. But this affects people's lives. Like if if there's a queer person that's growing up in a family that listen to this stuff twenty four seven, and they think that the gay folks is trying to infiltrate and trying, to, you know, that that could become a very hostile environment for them, or just anybody with any type of progressive views living in a family that believes that type of stuff, you know, it. It would be stressful for them because I've been in it. So, yeah, it's a lot. Same, same. It's a lot. What you think, Joy? I think that the reason churches say that they're under attack is the same reason Donald Trump says that we're under attack as Americans. You know, he, he, he plays into, you know, and this is why, because he plays into people already stereotypes. Mm-hmm. He plays into the stereotypes that, you know, black people are this, you know, Mexicans are this. And the church does it the same way that um, uh, atheists are devil worshippers. Uh, anybody who goes to college and gets too liberal, they don't want to do it. Uh, they don't want to talk about the uh they're not in the church anymore. Uh, gay people are like this. Uh, this is that. You know, they, they play into the stereotypes that people already kind of question and are looking for guidance on. And then they play into the fear that my religion is going to be taken away from me, especially people who do find comfort in their religion. They say that, oh, your religion is going to be taken away from you. Mm. Or they're trying to change the basis of our religion. Instead of just saying these are new people who offer um, new things and we have to accept the person for who they are and they can teach us our ways and we can teach us their ways and let religion be the open thing that it is. Because if you really believe the Bible, 
We are not supposed to judge other people. If you really believe the Bible, we are supposed to love and accept all people. Yeah. So th- this is this is a tough time that we're living in. And I just wanted to, I guess, encourage everybody that this has happened before. The times that we're living in, the tension that we're living in now is not the first time. So in 1440, the printing press was invented. Now, at this time, there was only the Roman Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. 16 years after that, Gutenberg prints the first Bible. So before this, you had the only people with the Bible were the priests in the church. The Bible was chained to a dais and no one else could read it except them. So now in 1456, when they produced the first Bible, they start to produce copies and people start to get it in their hands. And then soon after this, in 1517, that's the Protestant Reformation. Mm -hmm. So the technology of the printing press allowed more people to learn more. And so they started to question hey, what I'm looking at now in this book that I have, is it matching with what you're saying up from the dais? Mm. And so we're doing the same thing right now with the internet and the way that we have access to information. We haven't had it like this before. And so churches now have to adapt to the information that is available to people that are saying, hey, wait a minute, what I'm looking at here doesn't match what you're preaching. And so that tension is the moment that we're living in now. And it's going to take some time for some people to die out, for some people to change their minds, for those things to happen so that the overall body of faith can make an adjustment that's more healthy, whole, and accepting of other people. We're calling it um, moving liberal now or or being anti-education. Yes, those are real things. And this has all happened before and it will happen now because we, we're not going to turn this back. We're not going to stop learning. Right. We're not going to unlearn what we've learned. You say you don't, you don't think the church will die out. No, no, it's not going anywhere. Why? Why do you think? Yeah, is it just like a so power? Either. Is it a power thing, or do you think it's just a lot of people that really just believe in God and what? The the church is a is a body of of people who believe, and people are always going to have to believe. Belief is so strong for us. It's not just about the way we live; it's about the way we die. It's about how, what happens to people and how we process grief and things like that. So there's going to be. area or space for things that we don't understand and that's going to fall into the category of belief now we'll start to learn some things as we go for instance in the bible in isaiah 11 12 they're saying um the four quarters of the earth or and you get this flat earth idea just from reading the bible but then science tells us hey wait a minute we're actually on a sphere so as we learn things we'll understand differently but there'll always be things that we don't know and all of those things fall into the bucket of belief, and the church will serve that function. Um, in addition to what I spoke about earlier, the community function. If these churches actually get to work in the communities, there's no reason for them to die out. They can actually be of some use. So you're when you say the church, you don't mean like you're still talking about Christianity. Or are you just talking about spirituality and belief in general? Are you just talk, are you talking? Always- yeah. There's going to always be some form of belief yeah. um, of all religions, and there's going to be a tactical place for those people to gather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, whether that's this community or a non-religious community, but they're going to need that. And and so the church is always going to have that function to serve. Right. Well, I guess when I, when I thought about it, I thought about, like, just what we see now, like the, the steeples and the pews. And the way that it's done now, because like we see the statistics that, you know, church membership is declining now because millennials aren't going. So maybe with it, like you said, 
it won't be necessarily a Christian deal, but if we're talking about beliefs, maybe it's organizations and just communities of people that will become the the new church. I don't know. I just. I what do you think? I don't think so. I Joy don't think so. I I'm have a thought as a po- I'm I'm sorry, Joy. I'm gonna let you go. This has nothing to do with what I think in regards to the church, but I have a thought, and it's just random. But this would be really cool if because you're right. You know, like millennials are are definitely not going to church as much, and so church, uh, is like you said, is declining. So, what if there was like a church where we could like make it where it was kind of like an app or something like that 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 aligns better with millennials and with people in this day and age where everyone could congregate and come together at one point in time during the week. And you could still talk to talk about church if you wanted to, you know what I'm saying? But make it more, make it more till today's time. Because for me, whenever I go into the church and I see that the pews ain't been updated since 1970 and you know, everything's rickety dickety and you just walk up the steps and they about falling apart too. And it just, it just makes you not want to go because you're like, my gosh. (laughs) They're singing hymns from 1985. Exactly. Like, can we, can we put a beat on this or something? And (laughs) well, no, that, I think that version of the church is going to have to, going to have to do something because you can't go into that building and smelling like white diamonds all the time and, and, and you know like, you, like, you, can't. you know what you it. joke but that was my that's grandmother's favorite it thing. is grandma's favorite. Right. and that's why the church smells like that because everybody uh, got it. but like that is going to change like there may be house churches there are digital spaces that exist now that i mean those things are in place what they're going to, what people still need is the contact with other humans. Right, and so right. people exactly. are going to physically gather somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I don't think that the church is ever going to go anywhere. Um, I feel like that because, and I know we're getting ready to close, but I just mm-hmm. feel like that because when you think about it, church is, like he said, it's supposed to bring you comfort. And yes, millennials are not going now, but name one person that's an older person in the church who didn't stop going to church for a little while when they were younger because they were out, they were doing their own thing. It wasn't about their religion at the time. It was just them going through life the way they wanted to without the rules and, and all of that, trying to quote, hold them back. And I think that those same millennials who you say are not going to church are going to be the ones come 35, 40, 45 back in the church because that's where they grew up is where they came from and to me the saying you always go back home that's true to me because you can leave your roots you you think you leave your roots but you actually never do i want to say to end it uh is that i can imagine us with airpods in our ears at about 50 uh, listening to ASMR, the church that'll be the sermon in ASMR, <laughs> and uh, we'll be uh, scrolling through our church's Instagram feed on an iPhone that's see-through. So yeah, that'll be. Hashtag goals. The past will be a I'll hologram. Be there. I'm be there. Past there. will be a hologram of of, of, of a robot. No, it'll be AI. It'll just be in artificial intelligence, just talking to. Us. <laughs> listening to ASMR. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we thank you so much, Mike, for coming on. We really had a great conversation. I love when we talk religion. It's, it's really big for me. 
Uh, I appreciate you giving your two cents. Uh, can you tell everybody a little bit again about how they can find you and about your podcast, please? So anywhere you get your podcast, Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, all of them, just search for Faith Uncut. Um, you'll see us there, or you can go to faithuncut.com. We post there. I appreciate y'all having me on. I, I love the show. I'm always listening, um, listening and laughing. So thank you so much yeah. for letting me come on and share with this topic. I, You know, I had a great time. Oh, thank you for coming on. Appreciate you. Uh, don't forget to hit us up on our Looking forward media. to having you back. Facebook.com slash Talk It Out Podcast. Instagram.com slash Talk It Out Podcast. Twitter.com slash Talk It Out underscore pod. Use the hashtag Talk It Out Pod for a retweet. So make sure you click that link in the description to find out a little bit about that CBD or goodness that Joy still has not tried. Mm. Uh, I'm waiting on the podcast. Well, KT has some. Just get some of hers. Um, <laughs> um, and don't I'm forget- not trying nothing until the podcast world tell me it's good. All right, and then make sure you check out KT's art page, Instagram at KT underscore does art, and my music page on Instagram at Gabby's Music. In the description, thank you guys so much for listening. Follow Joy. Oh, follow Joy. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Follow me. Joy's underscore just her. Follow her. Thank you, because I'm going to delete that sucker in a minute. Oh, my God. Three years ago. Okay. I always forget it. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Make sure you share it with a friend. We love you guys so much. This has been your girl, Gabby. And George. And Katie. (laughs) (laughs) And this has been Talk It Out Podcast. We out.